we had a like six page plan of this is how we're going to announce the new coach. This is what we're going to do to educate fans on who they are and what their resume is, <laughs> all these things. And then all of a sudden it's like the first week of December and it's like, so this awesome plan that we've been working on for two months, let's toss that out. Because yeah, right. it's we don't need to educate people on who he is. This is the Work in Sports Podcast. Here's VP of Content and Engage Learning at WorkinSports.com, Brian Clapp. As humans, we all tend to be inwardly focused. When changes happen around us, whether in our jobs, our personal life, or even politically and globally, we tend to instantly wonder, what does this mean for me? How does this impact my life? We like to consider ourselves altruistic, but let's be real, our foundation as a species is survival. So we all resort to self-preservation. At work, we hear about structural or budgeting changes and instantaneously wonder, how will this impact me? Not, gee, I'm worried about Alan down the hall. Sorry, nope, worried about this guy. Get a new boss, instant, I wonder how this is going to affect my day-to-day. I personally do not believe this is selfish behavior. We all have many responsibilities tied into our ability to work, and therefore, We have to be mindful of anything that upsets the bill-paying, food-buying, clothes-having cycle. But change isn't all bad. Sometimes things happen and you gleefully ask yourself, what does this mean for me? Because it might be a new great opportunity. I'll give you an example. Imagine you're working in college athletics. You've been growing your career steadily. You're the athletics marketing assistant at Tulsa. Associate Director for Athletics and Marketing at Temple University. Assistant Athletics Director for Marketing at Eastern Michigan. That's the college athletics path. You're growing, you're building, you're expanding and moving and relocating. It's crazy. But there's always this big goal. I want to get to a Power 5 school. I hear it all the time. I talk to people in college athletics. They're like, I want to get to a Power 5 school. Then you hit it. You hit that mark. Associate Athletic Director for Marketing and Promotions at the University of Colorado. Let's party. Seems great, right? Well, let's add one more layer of really big change. They call him Coach Prime. Matter of fact, if you don't call him Coach Prime, I don't think he'll answer your questions. Talk about change. Deion Sanders coming to that program at the University of Colorado has shifted the narrative. And that's the exact scenario that I just laid out that today's guest, Ricky Zummallen, has been living after joining the University of Colorado Athletic Department one month before prime time. All that energy and vibe has been hitting the athletic department and building a buzz that is palpable, which as somebody in marketing, which Ricky is, is a dream scenario. People are talking about the University of Colorado and they are trying to capitalize it across all of their sports teams, not just football. Feed the buzz, live off the buzz. So now you have this huge variable thrown in and you're asking, what does this mean for me? This means opportunity. And that's what we're talking about today with Ricky Zummallen. So let's hear from the man himself, my friend, Ricky Zummallen, Associate Athletic Director for Marketing and Promotions at the University of Colorado. Hey, Ricky. Good morning. Thanks for joining me from Colorado. You got the gear on. You're ready to go. 
Uh, thanks for joining me. This is great to have this conversation. Thanks, Brian. Really excited to be here. Um, appreciate you having me. Yeah, I find college athletics so interesting. I have not worked in college athletics. I've had a, a career mostly in the sports media side, but I think there's some interesting parallels between you know having to to move out sometimes in order to move up. And I think there's a lot of interesting subjects we can get into today that help can Absolutely. paint a picture for people on what it's like working in college athletics because a lot of people are really drawn to college athletics. So let's dig into it this way. You graduated college in 2012. You had a degree in marketing and sports management. How did you figure out that this was your calling? You wanted to work in college athletics. You really wanted to drive into sports and marketing. How did you kind of figure that out for yourself? Yeah, um, you know, when I got to Loyola, I started in the business school as a marketing major, um, was able to add sport management as a second major. And you know, I always loved sports, never knew it even was a career until I uh, was in college. But then once I was that in that marketing and sport management, double major tracked, um, had the opportunity to intern with the Loyola Athletic Department, uh, had some awesome mentors there um, and really, you know, saw how big of an impact that our marketing could have on even if the team wasn't succeeding necessarily, you know, we could create an awesome atmosphere, get fans out to games, create student section promotions and activities to get, get students really hyped up and engaged and just fell in love with it uh, over the course of that year. And like I said, had some awesome mentors, Dr. Pat Kraft, who's now the AD at Penn State, was a deputy AD at, at Loyola um, during my internship and was very uh, instrumental in kind of helping direct me into what path to uh, or what next steps to take. Yeah, no, it makes a lot of sense. So let's let's lean into that a little bit. I find the career path, and I've been talking to a lot of people in college athletics for a long time, I find the career path in college athletics really sometimes complex. I mean, you see senior associate AD, assistant AD, assistant to the associate. I mean, there's a lot of titles. I've had some titles. I feel like I'm interviewing somebody and their title is like 30 words. Um, Help paint a picture for the young people. Like when you were at Loyola and you get that first internship experience, for the young people that are looking to possibly get into this side of the business, what's that first step? getting into college athletics? You know, it was an unpaid internship position, working games, working kind of wasn't officially a street team, but it was essentially that just going out on campus with the mascot, with, um, you know, flyers, information about games, putting signage up around campus for upcoming games. And again, Loyola, they don't have a football program. So, you know, in the fall, I was really focused on uh, men's soccer. I had some you know, I was working men's and women's both, but I was primarily focused on men's soccer. I had another couple of interns focused on women's soccer. Um, and we were really just trying to get the message out there to students. Um, the soccer fields aren't even really on campus. It's about half a mile off campus to get to the soccer fields. So we were having to try and like, and educate students on where to catch the bus to get yeah, to just far team. enough half mile yeah, just yeah. far enough when you're in right. college yeah. yeah it was free admission so like that part was was easy but you know it's still trying to remind them if they're not if not on campus they're not going to just pass the soccer right. field as right. they're you know walking from a you know a dining hall to a residence hall and mm-hmm. um so there's a lot of education there and just trying to get that excitement um up and going but really fell in love with it you know just I'm sure a lot of people have said this, but one of my favorite things about college athletics is that you're working with so many different sports yeah. and, you know, we're all competitive. We all want our teams to win, but if some, if a team's not winning one season, don't worry, winter season is right after it or spring season after that. So, you know, I got a little bit of everything at Loyola, um, that first, that fall season men's soccer ended up winning the horizon league tournament. 
uh, and going to the NCAA tournament. I uh, was really excited to be able to work with that team so closely. Um, but then on the flip side, we got into basketball season and it was Porter Moser's first season there. And it was a very different team than he ended up having at yeah. the end of his stint uh, at Loyola. So, um, you know, men's basketball struggled, men's soccer won. Um, I worked closely. I actually PA announced for uh, softball in the spring. Um, so, and they were kind of right in the middle of the conference. So it was a little bit up and down the whole year, but that kind of made me fall in love with it even more of like, you know, you're not just when you are starting to get worn out by one sport, you got a new one coming up. Yeah. I, I love that too. We talk a lot about people getting experience in minor league sports because you get to do a little bit of everything. You're touching a lot of different opportunities. And it sounds like that's a lot of what your experience is like, Absolutely. like an athletics intern too, doing PA one night and yeah. then you're, you know, you're working marketing efforts and you're bringing, explaining how the bus rides work or whatever. Like you get to see a little bit of everything and that's got to open your lens up to what, what potential is out there. Absolutely. Absolutely. I was, because it was such a small staff, I had the opportunity to be writing game production scripts for soccer. Um, and then again, for softball, it was really easy for softball because I was the one who's going to be saying the words. Um, yeah. But, you know, and then, you know, basketball season, I was on a couple occasions stuck, uh, stuck in the mascot suit. I delivered uh, as the mascot delivered a few professors, their basketball season tickets, um, <laughs> you know, out around campus again, signage and everything. And then on game day, right on the court, picking contestants, doing, you know, pizza deliveries, t-shirt tosses, anything, you name it, um, into the crowd, into the student section, um, just to try and keep that atmosphere up and what, what we're all about as the marketers. Which is why everybody listening should understand your first and best opportunity is to get involved with the athletics department you have on campus. You're Absolutely. there. You have Absolutely. an in inside leg right there, and you're going to get exposed to so much and learn so much. So that's awesome. Yep. Your next move was graduate assistant, and then you ended up uh, athletic marketing assistant at at University of Tulsa. Is that kind of the the pathway? Is like intern, graduate assistant, and then kind of that first full, real full 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 time paying job? Is that kind of the standard operating procedure for breaking into this world? Or yeah, I think you know, in you know, we talk, I've talked about it with a lot of mentors and um, staff members that I've I've worked with, and you know, you don't necessarily think of needing a master's degree. Um, working in sports, but going through that GA position, showing that, hey, I'm going to put in the hours, I can manage my time between working games, working in the office and going to classes and getting a master's degree really shows for, especially for someone in my role or other hiring um, positions that they're like, okay, yeah, this person can handle it because we know we work a lot of hours in sports. We're working inconsistent hours with being in the office, working a late night game or working weekends. So having that on your resume of, okay, I, I did both. I balanced this is really, really huge um, and a big step, I think. Yeah, I found that to be true too. Almost everyone I've ever talked to in college athletics, that's one of the areas of the sports industry that a master's becomes essential. It really does. It becomes paramount to success. Sure. And so everybody has their mind framed around the idea of working in college athletics should make that part of their plan. Yeah. Because I, I literally don't think I've spoken to anybody in college athletics that doesn't have their their master's. It seems like that's a prerequisite step. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. So at this point in your career, this moment right now, yep. you're 10 years post-graduation and you've worked at six different universities. <laughs> <laughs> How hard is that? And, and is it frustrating to have to move on to move up? Or is that just part of the, the deal you sign up for? Yeah, you know, it's it's tough. It's certainly not easy, an easy route. Um, I, but you know, I've 
been able to grow and bring new experiences each step of my career. You know, before coming to Colorado, I was the assistant AD at Eastern Michigan University and was able to bring a lot to, again, a very small department. They would bring a lot from what we had done successfully at Temple University. You know, had a couple of different roles at Temple, but, um, you know, we one of the things we really prided ourselves on, I know they still pride their, themselves on, is the fan experience, the in-game uh, atmosphere that they're able to create and give to fans and students and everyone that comes out to to support the Owls. So uh, I was able to take kind of that mindset, that experience and yeah. bring it in um, shortly after I got to learning my first week at Eastern Michigan. They tore down the football video board <laughs> because we were renovating um, the north end of the stadium, building a new uh, student athlete performance center that was going to have a new beautiful video board mounted on top of it. Yeah. So the first thing I had to do was, you know, work with my, my boss there, head of externals, Andy Rowden, uh, to find like he'd found a, it was literally just a semi, uh, trailer that had a video board that would fold up out of it. Uh, oh, that's cool. We, but it had all new sizing formats to anything yeah. that had been done before I got there. So he and I really reinvented everything in terms of what was going to go on the video board, and um, you know, were able to take kind of take a fresh start at the game production, the in stadium atmosphere, and everything that we were doing. As you've jumped around and you think of Tulsa and Temple and Upstate Michigan and and now Colorado those feel like very different audiences and groups and personas and, and people that you're trying to attract. Are you taking something from each one of those experiences to the next one? Is it completely different each time or is it like marketing's marketing and, and good ideas work anywhere? Yeah, I think everywhere is a little bit different. One thing I think that has been a common, even here at Colorado, where we are the top brand for college athletics in the state, you know, Colorado's got so much else going on. We're 45 minutes down the road from Denver. Nuggets are in the finals right now. Yep. There's other sports people can go see. I can see out my window the mountains and the flat irons, and people have to decide. You know, or a lot of our students are they going hiking? Are they going mountain biking? Or are they coming to sit in a stadium, sit at a game, and, and cheer on teams? So, you know, there's a lot of options for for entertainment in the area. You know, Eastern Michigan. We were right down the road from U of M and Ann Arbor, and I could get from our football stadium to the Michigan stadium in under 20 minutes. So, you know, we had to differentiate ourselves in yeah. the busy marketplace. Obviously, Philadelphia, same thing. Um, you know, tons and tons of options to do in the city of Philadelphia. We have to create that. Why do you need to come cheer on Temple? Why do you need to come cheer on Eastern Michigan? And now what's so special about coming to cheer on Colorado? I live in outside of Philly now, and I lived in Colorado before this. And I think Boulder is one of my favorite places in the, in the country. Love, love, love that area. I've absolutely loved it so far. Um, not cheap to live there though. No, it's not, but um, (laughs) no, it's been, it's been a ton of fun. Um, you know, awesome town. Um, but I I know what you mean about a lot of distractions too. There's a lot of things to do. Yeah, I, you know, I lived in Ann Arbor a little bit uh, for my first two years in Michigan because um, it was so close. And one thing that, you know, Michigan had that Colorado doesn't necessarily, which I think is a good thing for Colorado. Ann Arbor really just felt like the entire town was the University of Michigan. Yeah. Because you'd see like Michigan Health System building, Michigan, you know, yep. this, Michigan, that. You would see the Block M all over town. Yeah. Colorado is a little more contained. But that makes me feel a little more at home, too, because Loyola was 
such a contained community within the big city of Chicago. Yeah. So, um, you know, I love everything that Boulder's had to offer so far. Um, you know, really looking forward to this will be my first summer here. So really looking forward to to getting up into the mountains and doing some of the great summer activities that there are around here. So it's yeah, it's a bright blue sky and sunny yeah. 300 days out of the year. That part of the brochure is legit. Like I, I remember that very well. We had moved from Seattle yeah. to yeah. Colorado. So that change of like, 300 days of rain to 300 days of sun was was wonderful, but I get it. Yeah. Michigan so, was very similar. Yeah, 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 exactly. Cloudy, a lot of cloudy gray days, yep. very humid here. It's just beautiful blue skies. Colorado's pretty awesome that way. Yep. So let's go back to EMU for a second because huh. you oversaw a staff that earned two NACMA awards, one gold in the fan giveaway category and another for men's and women's basketball season tickets. What were those campaigns and why did they resonate and why were they important? And what do you what do you take away from all that? Because that's got to be a real sense of pride. You know, again, awesome team at Eastern Michigan. Um, we really took it upon ourselves coming out of so 2020-21, just university and kind of state guidelines. We didn't have any fans. We didn't sell any tickets. Um due because of COVID. So we really took it upon ourselves of like, we're gonna come out of the gates firing on all cylinders. I had an awesome team and an assistant director and a graduate assistant. Um, and we all worked really closely with our ticket sales staff, with our media relations staff on all of our social and um, graphics, you know, anything creative, all of that was a real collaborative effort. So, you know, and, and on top of that, we had a new men's basketball coach. So the, I'll start with, um, the fan giveaway the, that we won gold for, uh, that was, uh, so our men's basketball coach was Stan Heath. Someone threw out, you know, hey, we should do a Heath bar promo. And that kind of evolved through conversations into um, my assistant director created a commemorative wrapper. We bought, uh, I think it was like 1,000 um, Heath, Heath bar candy bars from like a Costco or, you know, big wholesale store. Yeah. And she created these, commemorative rappers and literally our entire administrative staff, like I, our athletic director, Scott Weatherby telling me like they were in exec team, him and all of his direct reports, just sitting there talking, catching up, wrapping Heath bars, and <laughs> wrapping these candy bars with these commemorative rappers. We had the sticker was like a QR code that yes. would link to our tickets page. Um, and awesome. then the kind of kicker on top of it was, um, the that we had like the Willy Wonka style golden tickets that we had 10 of those that we stuck in there for like Adidas gear packs, um, opportunity to watch practice and have lunch with coach, um, you know, free tickets to some upcoming games, stuff like that. Um, so it was a really cool um, kind of tying it all in under Stan Heath as the coach. Keith Bars or the promotion. Um, it was a lot of fun. Fans loved it. Great um, tie-in. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, yeah. Fans absolutely loved it. We had people, you know, staff at all exits after the game. And it was it was an exit promo to get people to kind of thinking about like, hey, next game. Um, helped that, you know, it was our first home game for them and they won in overtime. So uh, a lot of a lot energy of excitement for the season coming yeah. and people are leaving. So uh, that was really, really a fun one. The season ticket campaign. So at EMU, our basketball tickets are combined men's and women's in one ticket. Um, so what and again, around hiring uh, Coach Heath, it was thrown out there like, hey, like we, you know, Coach Heath is out recruiting. 
transfer portals, a, a big, big thing. So we know he's going to need to fill some spots, you know, as he's looking for those quote, five-star players, yeah. we're looking for five-star fans. And the five-star fan is someone who jumps on board right away, gets hyped up for the season, tells their friends to get season tickets. So that was really the start of the promo campaign. And at the end of each week between uh, late April, I think May, early May was when we launched season tickets, May through end of July, anyone that bought season tickets, we would post on our uh, Facebook, like thanking these people for their commitment to EMU basketball and tagging them. And they'd have each person got their own personalized graphic and they were encouraged to share it and get people. So whoever had the most engagement, uh, the top three got a signed basketball from our men's and women's basketball coaches. So that was kind of an extra piece of to get people on board, build the excitement, but also use those social channels to share with their friends. Um, you know, big success had a lot of um, engagement in all of those posts. We had three uh, young alums who who really went above and beyond and got a bunch of their friends on board. Um, so it was you know worked out really well and was a, a really fun campaign to uh, to be able to execute. As you talk through these creative campaigns, you can see the glow, right? Like you can see the excitement and the and the pride that comes from that. Sure. Is that what really motivates you? Is that ability to be creative and see that success afterwards? Yeah, absolutely. I think that you know seeing that success, but also seeing you know, the teamwork that has gone into it along the way. I said, as I said, like it was extremely collaborative department um, and being able to get everyone in a room, figure out what we were going to do around this and what our various roles were and then bring it all to fruition um, is really kind of why I do what I do. I love the the teamwork, the, col- uh, the collaboration and everything that um, goes into that, you know, and then seeing, you know, a full stadium or a loud student section or, you know, anything that, that we're doing to create that, that game day atmosphere and that in-game experience for our fans and our student athletes. I think you, you hit on a, a lot of key words there, I think. We talk a lot about soft skills on this show and things like leadership and teamwork and those kind of attributes. How do you build a team to, to function that well together and to not be ego-driven or competitive with one another that took to collaborate instead. Yeah. You know, I've really looked for people whose skills complement mine and are different from mine. Um, you know, our, my assistant director, my last uh, two years at EMU, you know, she was extremely organized, extremely driven, extremely creative. And we were able to bounce ideas off of each other and find, fine tune things. If she came to me with, you know, a mostly formed concept between the two of us, we could work on it, round it out into something that we were both very excited about and we both were very confident in. Um, so, you know, finding those people whose skills complement mine and can, you know, help elevate our team and our department as a whole um, has been has been huge. And then one of the things that my boss at EMU, Andy Rowden, really stressed to his direct reports was our various unit heads was uh, sacrificial leadership. So not letting your ego get in the way, like not letting myself take credit for a team 
project or not doing too much when my staff under me is looking for those opportunities to grow and to do more and to, you know, really prove themselves um, as I was earlier in my career. So, you know, giving them that opportunity and um, fostering growth both professionally and personally for them has really been uh, beneficial and something that I really strive for. I love that. I think I think that's one of the most important parts in 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 growing from an individual contributor to more of a manager. You know, you're not that intern running yeah. around being the mascot anymore. You have to lead a team. You have to get everybody going the same direction. Sure. And that can be hard. And yet when it works, it's it's amazing. How do you feel like you learn those skills to become a manager? Was it by watching others or kind of designing your own style? How did you go about becoming the leader that you are today? I've said I've been super fortunate to have some awesome leaders in my career. And, you know, I've had some leaders that I didn't always get along with, but it's finding both sides, right? Of, you know, okay, this person's great. These are uh, things that I want to emulate when I am in their position, or this is not some, this is what I'm not going to do. I can have seen both positive and negative effects of various leaders um, throughout my career. So, you know, finding what works and bringing it to my own personal style, my own, um, you know, ability to relate with coworkers and um, fans and, you know, showing that, you know, there are a lot, there's a lot that we can do to create the team dynamic and um, create an awesome atmosphere for for our fans and all work together yeah i think i've i found it like i hit my stride as a leader when i started to realize it's not about me at all you know it's really about everyone else and when there's successes it's everybody else's and when there's problems it's mine you know like and that's that's part of what makes a team start to function really well together and i I think that's fun to see come together you've had a pretty amazing little step here coming to colorado some things have been happening you have had a little bit of buzz around the team (laughs) coach prime comes in and he's he's guns blazing he's ready to roll uh what's that been like for the athletic department to feed off of but also manage once we knew we were going to be hiring a new coach in october you know we are alexis williams our head of externals um brought our our various units together and we had a like six page plan of this is how we're going to announce the new coach. This is what we're going to do to educate fans on who they are and what their resume is, (laughs) all these things. And then all of a sudden it's like the first week of December and it's like, so this awesome plan that we've been working on for two months, let's toss that out. We don't need to educate people on who he is. You know, pivoted, um, capitalized on everything and, uh, you know, really put an awesome, awesome campaign out there with lots of videos and um, graphics around his whole uh, career from his college days through um, his time at Jackson State and what he was bringing to Colorado. So definitely has been a, a big team effort from, you know, social and uh, various you know, video and creative elements through our, um, you know, email marketing and ticket sales teams to, to really get the message out to fans and get the excitement, uh, keep it building. How much does that transcend through the entire athletic department? I mean, does that bringing in a big name like that and having that buzz out there, yeah. does that affect the softball team and the, you know, all the other different teams out there? Like, does it build, is it like the the rising tides raise all ships? Yeah. What is, how has that been? been? No, I mean, I think I uh, we, our men's basketball team last December, uh, a couple of weeks after, a week after uh, the introduction of, of Coach Prime was playing Colorado State. So big game, um, you know, full arena. And our head coach said afterwards, he's like, 
the biggest cheer I felt like we got all night was, even though we won by 20 points, felt like the biggest cheer we got all night was at, shortly after halftime when Dion came walking out of the tunnel and uh, the students saw him and the place went nuts. So, you know, he, he came to men's basketball games. Uh, his daughter is now going to be a student athlete on the women's basketball team. Uh, so we've got some really cool content with, uh, with coach and um, uh, coach Payne, our women's basketball coach. So, um, you know, it's really kind of helped all around. Um, and then looking forward to this year, you know, you know, we are already on sale with single game tickets. Um, those are, are selling well. So, you know, we're readjusting from some of our, planning for advertising we know we're not going to have to spend nearly as much on football ticket advertising this year as we did in the past so we're able to um, kind of reallocate some of that to volleyball and soccer in the fall uh, start basketball season tickets earlier uh, and that will then allow us to um, have a better allocation between men's and women's basketball in the winter so it's really kind of sending waves, like you said, uh, throughout, throughout all of our sports. I got, I have to imagine like so many of the people I've talked to in college athletics, they'll be like, okay, I'm the, I'm the, the lead person for equestrian water polo, basket, men's basketball, women's softball, and one other. And you're like, how do you prioritize <laughs> your day? What's, what's most important, bring it all together. I mean, you've been at a lot of different organizations now. These are big athletic departments. Every team yeah. wants to have some attention put on it. How do you know where to focus and put your time and effort and creative juices? Because, I mean, it's hard to be creative every minute of every day. Oh, it's yeah. not easy. Like, how do, you, how, do you, how do you do that? Yeah, no, I have a, an awesome team here. We've got a, I've got a director of marketing under me and then two assistant directors. And, um, you know, we, the great thing about this role and kind of what keeps me kind of energized every day and, um, is just being able to go from person to person to work with them. So, you know, they each have a sport that they're really, or a couple of sports that they're really assigned to. Um, And, you know, we all work together on on football because it is such a a, a beast on football game days. But, you know, I'm able to talk with them about their sports and, you know, see like, oh, this would work well for soccer. And we're going to have new lights out at our soccer stadium. We've never had lights at the soccer field before um, here at Colorado. So, you know, we've got big plans for, you know, first game under the lights, um, you know, all these like fan activities that we're going to be able to have more fans out on a weeknight since we're playing at six or seven o'clock instead of three o'clock in the afternoon. So, you know, go from there to talking volleyball to talking men's basketball. Um, So, you know, kind of able to move from person to person, sport to sport. And I'm not focused five days a week, seven days a week on, okay, I have to do this for football. And then, but wait, I also have to be thinking about basketball. Um, I am able to split that a little bit, but that, you know, helps, helps them a lot too, because I'm able to then be, a little bit more fresh with it when yeah. if they're you know middle of volleyball season grinding through things trying to come up with some some idea for a big game in a couple of weeks in a couple of weeks um to be able to come to me who maybe i haven't been thinking about volleyball as strong for the yeah, last last week or so um and they can bounce ideas off me and it's not as or it's a, you know more of a um the sounding board and be able to help them in that regard yeah, I mean, that gets back to that collaboration and teamwork, you know, being yep. able to work across teams and across groups and contribute. I mean, it's so important to have those kind of relationships within a, yeah. a working team. One of the topics we've talked about the last two years that you've probably experienced in a lot is name, image, and likeness. 
Um, sure. We've talked a lot about it from the athlete perspective. We talked a lot about it from the the school perspective and the agency perspective and, and et cetera. But as a, as a marketer on the college side of things, how, how has it or has it really affected you? And um, does it does the athletic department have to consider this a lot or is this just something you're 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 riding with? Yeah, you know, I haven't done a ton with it yet. Um, I know it's going to be a bigger um just something to think about th- this year with the, some of the names that we have on the football program now. You know, our women's basketball team honestly had a lot of, uh, as you know, they had a lot of success this year and making the Sweet 16, but that came with some um, really good NIL opportunities. Um, so, you know, we have an assistant athletic director for name, image, likeness who's, um, you know, she came up through compliance and she is um, more focused on protecting the student athletes and what they are and are not allowed to do. Yeah. And rather than necessarily the marketing side, and it's, um, you know, she's working closely with them and um, we've got our uh, bus for life collective here. That's helping, helping the student athletes in that regard. But, you know, I'm just trying to help from a marketing mindset as um, in ways that I can, but I haven't been real hands-on with necessarily student athletes or um, helping them, directly creating their brand, building yeah. their um, their personal opportunities. Such an interesting phenomenon right now. It it's interesting to it track is. and keep an eye on and see how it actually plays out. We all had so many theories on what would happen, right. and now actually seeing it in reality is has been really interesting. Yep. All right, Ricky, I'm so appreciative of your time. We'll finish up with this. A lot of people want to work in college athletics, and that's still a great driver for employment in our industry if someone came up to you today and said, look, it's my dream to work in, in college athletics, I'd really like to pursue this. And let's say they're a college kid themselves. Yeah. What advice would you give them? How would you steer them? You know, you said it right at the top of the call. Um, take advantage of being on a college campus. Go to your athletic department and um, volunteer to, to start or, you know, do do whatever can you can do for them um prove yourself and see what areas interest you you know if you get into it and and marketing's not actually what you thought you were so excited about you know there's you know a lot of other areas between ticket operations and media relations um and compliance i'm personally not (laughs) i could not work in compliance but we absolutely need it we absolutely need people who are going to be dedicated to that and our student athletes need it um to help them succeed if you don't get a paid position right away you can work your way into a paid position um like i said i started as an unpaid intern um, within the athletic department at loyola so um but you know getting that experience making those connections um one thing that's really kind of surprised me, impressed me, I guess, a little bit as I've grown in this industry is just how small a community it is. Yep. We joke with my uh, former colleagues at Eastern Michigan that there's an Eastern Michigan to Auburn pipeline and that just because a couple of people knew each other, they started hiring people from Eastern Michigan. And yeah. now my director of marketing here was a, a grad assistant at Auburn. Um, so he and I know a lot of the same people, even though we've never met them together. So, you know, it is a small community and you never know what someone's path is going to be. Um, my first ever boss was Pat Kraft, who, like I said, is now the athletic director at Penn State. Yeah. Um, you know, he was the AD at Temple during my time there, helped me get in there. So you know, that was someone that, uh, you know, I worked closely with and was a huge, had a huge impact on my career from the very first uh, position I ever had. So 
you know, making those connections and being able to build relationships and just show yourself as someone who wants to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, don't ever think that you, you know, a lot or more than anyone, because I am still learning a ton every single day. And, you know, if you can show that you are eager to learn, eager to do what it takes to make your program or department or university successful, then that's going to go a long way with the people around you who are going to then want to help you in that next step. I love that point. I love all those points, but I love that point about the interconnectivity of the the college athletics world because your work personality matters so much. If you're a good person to work with, you're effective in your job, but people like being around you too, they're going to recommend you for their opposition, uh, yep. opportunities. They're going to bring you with them when they go somewhere else. And in a world that does tend to have, you know, you got to step here and step there in order to continue to build to get to that power five level, like, you got to make a good impression on people and your personality and, and your, your ease to work with. I think that's so important. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we, we work a lot of hours in, in the sport industry yeah. and it always helps when you like to be around the people that you're working with. Hell it yeah. makes, you know, going through an eight hour football game day or a basketball doubleheader Saturday, a lot more fun if yeah. you actually enjoy the people that you're standing alongside. So true. Ricky, this has been an amazing conversation. Congrats on all the success at Colorado. Uh, Looking forward to the football season. I think it'll be a lot of fun. I'll be thinking of you as I'm sitting on my couch watching. I'll be thinking of how crazy you're going. So so thank you, Ricky, for coming on. Thanks, Brian. I appreciate it. This is great. Thank you so much to Ricky for coming on the show. Love how much he shared about the energy and vibe and everything that's changing at the University of Colorado Athletic Department. He's a unique character, Deion Sanders. Has some of the best quotes of all time. But I, I like the fact that they're thinking, how does this raise every part of the athletic department? How can we capitalize on this energy? How can we build this buzz? And it, it's really great to see uh, an athletic department that was has, has fallen on some tough times lately to, to feel this kind of a, a buzz and energy. So thank you to Ricky for coming on and sharing so much of the team effort that he's a part of right now and sharing what it's like working in college athletics all across the board. Thank you, Ricky. Thank you all for listening. I'll see you next week. <laughs>